spreading Cajun across the nation, pushing the brand across the land. Welcome to Ragin' Review, made by the fans for the fans. Cajun Nation, welcome to Region Review. Matt Miguez here. Jerry Abear is my co-host. As always, welcome in to Region Review. Plenty to talk about today. You know, baseball had a fantastic weekend against Coastal Carolina. We'll dive deeper into that. Softball played six games between Friday and Monday. Spoiler alert, they won all six. We'll talk about that as well. And some... Raging Cajun football players balled out for some NFL scouts yesterday. We'll talk about that as well. Once again, welcome to Raging Review. Matt Miguez here. Jerry Abear with me. Jerry, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Matt. Doing well. Doing well. Uh, and um, getting ready for the Easter break, the Easter holiday this weekend. But in spite of Easter holiday, we still have a lot of Raging Cajun athletics to talk about. Yeah, as, as always. Um, you know, this time of year, you know, you got baseball, softball, track, uh, spring football. Basketball is usually ending at this point in time. You know, just tons of tons of craziness going on around the complex here in Lafayette. But, you know, let's start with um, an interview that we had hinted towards last week's in last week's episode and as well as on, on our social media. Uh, we were planning to sit down this week with Lee DeLeon and Hans Melbranch of the RCAF. But due to scheduling conflicts, this, that, and the other, um, we weren't able to make that happen this week. Uh, but rest assured, Lee and Hans are both interested in coming on the show. We do have plans to do it in the future, uh, so stay tuned for that one. As always, every time we have those guys on, plenty of information getting thrown at Cajun Nation. So like I said, stay tuned for that one. You know, Jerry, let's talk about baseball now. Coastal Carolina coming to town this weekend. And, you know, this is always a game that is circled on the schedule for many reasons. Uh, The biggest one, in my opinion, being that Coastal Carolina is only five years removed from winning a national championship and still consistently a solid baseball program. But especially with everything that happened in with everything that happened in football, you know, in December, call it, call it what you will, you know, but this weekend series with coastal on the baseball field seemed to mean a little bit more. Yeah. And and also outside or in spite of what we saw, um, uh, with football, they're also the, they are, they're sort of the standard of, of the Sunbelt Conference in baseball um, when it comes to success and consistency. Um, we all knew coming in when they joined the conference in 2016 that their, their main asset that they bring is, is baseball and their baseball success. They have a national title. They're in a regional pretty much every, just about every year. Uh, they've hosted a few regionals here and there. And so they have a rich baseball history. And um, in spite of what happened, uh, back in December with the the uh, cancellation of the Sunbelt Conference Championship football game, 
Um, it just it just meant a little bit more this weekend, considering the fact that we didn't play them in basketball, uh, men's nor women's, I believe. Um, and then on top of that, it just was one of those situations where, you know, between the, the fan banter on social media and just everything that happened in December, it just added more fuel to the fire for a great matchup um, this weekend, especially considering that it was a four-game series and it was the conference series opener. So just it was very pleasing to see the baseball team just really, really rally this weekend. Um, anytime you take three out of four against someone like Coastal, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very not only a pleasing result, but what's positive about what we saw this weekend was that you're starting to see the bats come around. You're starting to see the pitching come around. The fielding wasn't as, you know, they didn't make as many errors as we're used to seeing. The team just overall in all three phases improved this weekend. And, you know, if this is something that can set the tone um, moving forward with starting with the weekend series up in Monroe, followed by the midweek game against Nichols, in the three-game home stretch against Arkansas State next weekend, you know this is a. If we can build off of this momentum from this weekend and make a run at this seven-game stretch leading to South Alabama, this team has a chance to really click at the right time. Um, you know, I don't want this. I hope this weekend wasn't just a, you know, one weekend. I, I hope this team can build on this. Um, I'm, I'm just starting to see more guys, um, especially hitters. Start, starting to solidify their swing a little bit more. I mean, look at Carson Rockefort, man. He went 10 for 19 this weekend, a home run, a few RBIs, a few RBI-based hits. Ben Fitzgerald, was, you know, he crushed the ball this weekend. Just to name a few guys, they just, they're coming around at, at the plate. Kevin Fitzgerald got a few base hits. He hit the ball hard. I mean, when you have more consistency on that side of the plate and you're you know, you're hitting against good pitching. I don't I don't think look, we know the schedule's not gonna get much much more difficult. Actually the schedule should be easing up a little bit in conference. This team is ripe, very ripe to make a run as long as they keep this consistency going. And we're gonna find out starting this weekend. Yeah, you know, talking talking about hitting, obviously that was a, a huge improvement, you know, of games past. But again, even with this weekend series the name of the game for Louisiana was pitching. I mean, Friday night. No, no question. Friday night, Spencer Arigetti once again pitches an absolute just dominating performance. I'm trying to get to his stat line. Um, let's see. I've got it right here. He went seven and a third, gave up three hits, one earned run, walked three, struck out 11. He's up Jeez. He's up to 43 strikeouts on the year, and you ready for this? His ERA? Um, Well, let's see. It doesn't have his average ERA, but I'll tell you his ERA in the Coastal game Friday night was 1.23. Yeah, well, his ERA for the season so far is 1.06. Uh, he has a 401 record. Oh, yeah, I'm seeing that right here. Never mind. This weekend... Yeah, no, it's fine. Overall, his, his average, his bat, the, uh, the average batting average against him is is one. They're only batting one one thirty two on him, and so 
That's insane. How look? Sometimes you know, I know he's a transfer from, from TCU. You kind of rebuild yourself in junior college, but I'm looking at some of these SEC teams. I'm looking at some of these bigger programs, and it makes me wonder how how they miss out on someone like him. Now, granted, he did go to TCU, but even after, and I'm just happy that he's he's a Cajun. Um, you know, we we've. You know, it's always everybody's going to have a Friday night guy. But when you have a Friday night guy like Spence Arrogetti, who you know, you just have a feeling like his pitching is going to help you get in almost an automatic win. Um, that's huge. I mean, and, he's only giving up three hits a game. Yeah. And, 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 and I mean, it, I mean, it's, it's a, he gives up one run. It's a bad night for him. And, um, and he's not playing. Here's the thing. His performances have not been against bad teams. I mean, look, he, he got a win against TCU. He's gotten a win against Coastal. He got a win against Louisiana Tech. He got a win against uh, – well, he almost got a win against um, Southern Miss outside of that one that one run that was given up on basically an error. So you get someone like that on the mound who's wheeling and dealing and stays consistent, it's very hard to lose on Friday night. Like, you have to try to lose on Friday night. Um, and so – I've noticed this weekend you saw a few pitchers like Jack Burke and Austin Perrin, which, by the way, shout out to both of them. You saw that maybe, maybe Spencer Arrogetti Swagger starting to feed off on the, on the other guys, on the other pitchers. Because this weekend as a whole, including Saturday, was probably one of the best efforts on the mound as a whole that I've seen from a Cajun pitching staff in, in quite a few years. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like like we said, Spencer Arrogetti was dominant. It, he was dominant enough to earn Sunbelt Pitcher of the Week for the second time this season. Uh, and then offensively, like we were talking about a second ago, the Cajuns exploded for nine runs between the second and third innings to win 9-2 to two over Coastal Friday night. Um, Saturday, you know, like you mentioned, uh, it was a good game. Uh, the, Cajuns, the Cajuns kind of fell in a hole early. Uh, gave up a run in the second, answered back in the third to tie it, then given up three in the fifth, six, four, uh, excuse me, in the fifth, sixth, and seventh, and then they were only able to get one back in the last two innings to lose five to three in that one. But, you know, again, like you and I have talked about this multiple times, although the Cajuns fell in a hole, they never, you, you, you never saw that cave-in mentality. You know, they, they kept fighting, no. they kept, you know, even even right there in the bottom of the ninth, they had two runners on with two outs, and one swing of the bat could have won the game. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing, like, this team, I mean, lately, including even the, even the losses, they haven't quit. They haven't given up. Um, you know, you saw it Saturday. He was down 5-2 to two going into the ninth, and yet they still fought back and at least attempted to like you said, get that one base hit that could have tied the game and possibly won it for him. Um, and so, you know, that Wolfpack mentality, I think, is starting to kind of seep in there, where you have a bunch of guys who just won't let down, won't let down, and won't back down. And it's starting to pay off because now, like I said, you're going into conference. I mean, we, we look, you're two and one in conference right now. You beat you beat the favorite. Uh, you pretty much dominated the favorite, really, uh, outside of the Saturday game. I mean, all three of those wins we had this weekend were dominant wins. Um, and that includes the Sunday game because, I mean, Coastal had to claw their way back, you know, late in the game 
and we still held on. And then, of course, Monday, I mean, I don't know how much more of a perfect game you can get than what we saw on Monday against a good team. Yeah. So you, you hope that, like I said, this continues. Um, you hope that more guys, you know, Bobby Lede got a few big hits. Connor Kimball got on base a few times. You know, Drake Osborne got on base a few times. Um, you know, Brennan Bro's back in the lineup. Um, you want, you want, um, you want more guys to step up because you you need you need that depth. You need you know the, when you get that lineup one through nine and everybody can get a hit. That's huge. But also too, um, we have a lot of utility guys. I noticed Coach Deggs likes to play different guys at different times. You know, CJ Willis comes in at certain times. Josh Cofield's come in at certain times. Anthony Catalano came in at certain times, got a few base hits this weekend. Um, Jonathan Brandon has gotten a few hits over the past few weeks. So you got guys that are coming in and out. Um, and of course, we got a few guys fighting injuries. But I think starting tomorrow against ULM, if they can look, here's the thing I don't think they're going to pitch Spencer Arrogate tomorrow night. I think they might wait till Friday and keep him at the Friday slot. So I'm guessing maybe someone like Carter Robinson might get the nod tomorrow night. That's my guess. If he can go out there tomorrow night and take care of business, and then you have Arrogate coming on Friday, you win the series and possibly get a sweep in Monroe. Look, we're sitting at a 14-11 record right now. All right? You win tomorrow or you win this weekend. If you possibly win two out of three or go to sweep, you're sitting at either 16-12 and 12 or 17-11. and 11. Get the win against Nichols. 17, uh, that's, that would make you, what, 16 or 17 and 12 or 17 and 11 or 18 and 11 plus the three-game series. Look, man, this team going into South Island two weeks has a chance to possibly have a, either a 21 and 11 record if they make a run, at least a 20 and 12 record. And, I mean, look, that's where, that's where the talks of RPI and, you know, I, I don't want to speak too soon, but that's, that, that builds up excitement. And, um, but, but we have to start starting tomorrow night against Monroe. Look, this Monroe team is not a bad team. Um, they're sort of a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde uh, ball club, but when they're on, they're on. You know, they came one walk off away from winning the series against Ole Miss up in Oxford. They spanked Oklahoma State on the road, the midweek game. So they're no slouch. They hit the ball well. Uh, their pitching isn't probably up to par with ours, but we're going to have to hit the ball to win. And, um, but, you know, if we, we, we need to build off this momentum this weekend. And we just have to. Yeah, the, there's no question about it. You know, you talked about the game Sunday with Coastal. Cajuns explode for five runs between the first four innings. Coastal managed to get three back in the seventh, but the Cajuns hang on to win 5-3 in that one. And then, you know, you talked about Sunday – just start to finish was a dominant performance. Uh, final score ended up being seven to nothing. Cajun scored four in the first three, added on three more in the seventh and eighth to win it seven nothing. Like I said, you know Jack Burke with the win. The team combined for a one hitter and yeah. struck out fourteen batters. Yeah, and uh, well, I mean we could have had a no hitter, but you know, really. 
Okay, yes. We, for uh, every, everybody that's wondering, it was Matt that tweeted out the no-hitter alert. I jinxed it. I'm sorry. Okay? Look, man, I, I had to do it. I, look, I'm not, a, I, I'm not superstitious or anything like that. I don't believe in all, like, the superstition and, you know, gotta rub the chair and all that. Um, but that was pretty funny. I'm I not just, gonna I lie. Just, I just felt like for the people that couldn't attend the businessman special, they needed to know what was going on. I, I, was okay, trying, gonna, I was trying to do my job as an aspiring journalist. Okay. I'm sorry. What, what we're going to do next time, what we're going to do next time, we're just going to show them the box score up to a certain inning and then let them read it. And they'll understand. They'll know, they'll know what's going on. But that's bad. Don't even mention it. Yeah. We'll just, we'll just show them the box score at the certain inning at the, at the certain uh, game point and they'll, they'll know. And therefore, you're not technically saying anything. You're just showing them the score, the, the score, and the box score. Yeah, yeah. I have to. I, I have to admit, though, um, I was very pleased with with not only Jack's performance, but how. I mean, look, I don't. I think the last appearance he had was against against Tulane that first yeah. weekend, I believe. Go, go ahead and, and brag, for him go to, ahead and brag on your Jesuit Blue Jay. Well, he's a Cajun now, so that makes it a double whammy. But for him, but but I, I'm 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 bragging on him at the fact that he came back after over a month of not even seeing the field, and as a starter coming in, doing what he did, that was impressive. Um, and, and it gives me comfort, and should give every fan comfort that when you have a guy um, that hasn't pitched in over a month, comes in and shuts down probably one of the top hitting teams in the conference. Uh, that that adds pitching depth. That adds pitching depth, and and that's something that was that's pleasing to see. We haven't had that in a while. I mean, look at AP's performance on Sunday. Another uh, one. Wasn't he phenomenal? Yeah, I mean, so so you have two guys that are that have been fighting injuries like crazy, but they have a little seniority. They got some. They have that sort of leadership presence because they've been around for a while, and for both of them to come in and, and walk the walk on the mound. Um, that's, that's huge. Because now, to me, and I've noticed Coach Deggs likes to do this. He likes to rotate his pitchers at times. But, I mean, look, even in the midweek games, you have those guys you can depend on now. Um, you know, Jack can pitch a midweek game. But then the other day on Sunday, he pitches Connor Cook to close the game out. You know, whereas Connor has started midweek games. So, you know, I, it, just, it just shows you the, the, the depth of pitching we have now. Uh, and hopefully everybody's healthy. And, you know, this could be huge down the stretch. This could be very big down the stretch. I'll be honest with you, man. I don't think there's many teams in the conference right now that have a bullpen as deep as ours. No, God, no. God, no. So we, we, we definitely uh, will be using that to our advantage. Um, and then, on, like, look at, look at on Monday, man. The last few innings on Monday, I mean, you, you didn't even – I mean, we, we had <laughs> – we're pitching. I mean, what about uh, was it Peyton Havard? Yeah, freshman. Look at his performance. Very impressive. Yeah, he was good. Very impressive. So Dominic, you know, you got a bunch of younger guys. Very much so. So yeah, it, it, it's pleasing to see. We just uh, we just got to keep it going, man. Keep Cage, it going starting this weekend. Cajuns improved to fourteen and eleven. They will be on the road this weekend starting tomorrow. Uh, they'll play Thursday, Friday, Saturday in observance of Easter uh, at ULM. Pitch times are 6, 6, and 2, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, none of the games will be broadcasted on ESPN+. 
You can catch them all on the radio, 96.5 KPEL, 30-minute pregame before the game, and then, like we said, first pitches at 6, 6, and 2. You know, Jerry, let's stay on the topic of Diamond Sports, and let's talk softball. You know, they kind of went through the gauntlet this weekend. Um, You know, a couple weeks ago, they were supposed to have a series with Georgia Southern, but due to COVID protocol, Georgia Southern couldn't play it. But they had some time this weekend. So this weekend became a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series with South Alabama, immediately followed by a Saturday doubleheader Monday series with Georgia Southern. So between Friday and Monday, the Cajuns played six games against Sunbelt schools. And uh, they won them all. Yeah, six for six, um, and to play six games in a span of what four days? Yeah, so three days. Yeah, four days. I mean, three, that's, three and a half. Oh, uh, and they go six for six. Um, that was big. That was very big. I mean, they shut out. They shut out South Al the entire series. Uh, yeah. Two one nut. Two one zero wins or two one nothing wins and a six nothing win on Sunday. And then Georgia Southern. Um, you know, they won nine two first game, six nothing second. Third game they were down, I believe, two nothing and rallied to score seven runs to win seven to three. And, um, yeah, I mean, they, they did what they were supposed to do. Um, but I think what makes it more impressive, I think Coach Glasgow said recently, I believe on one of his Monday night shows, that the team really, like the chemistry has not been there, not quite up to par with what we're used to. Um, and he admitted it, and they just weren't playing as hard as he knows they're capable of playing. Well, this weekend – I think they've they've redeemed themselves. Um, they played typical Raging Cajun softball that we all know and love, and you know they had some great pitching performances by Kendra Lamb. Um, she's pretty much a, she's carried that circle, and then Summers coming. Summers come back around. Uh, Summers pitching the way that we all know she's capable of pitching. So you have those two combined, and then you you're, you know we're back to our old ways of of dominance. So. Very pleased to see to go six for six this weekend was huge. Um, they're sitting at a 22 and six record right now. Pretty much typical Cajun softball record that we're used to, that we know and love. And that um, was that was big to go six for six on such a short weekend. So um, very pleased. And uh, they have that three game series this week up in Atlanta against Georgia State. Should take care of business there. And um, yeah, just got to keep it going. And the bats need to continue to come back alive uh, compared to where they were just a few weeks ago. So yeah, like you said, 22-6 and six for Jerry Glasgow and his girls. Like you said, also this weekend they will play a doubleheader Friday followed by a noon game on Saturday in Atlanta. They'll be home for Easter Sunday, but then first thing Monday morning you're back on the road and looking at their schedule, Jerry, I don't know if they come home. No, they got a uh, they got a little like, bit of a like, like like logistically speaking, you know, you look at it, you've got a two p.m. and four p.m. doubleheader at Lamar on Monday. And yeah, Tuesday you're in Huntsville at Sam Houston State. You're not going to come back to Lafayette for that. Mm-hmm. You're going to go straight from Beaumont to Huntsville, and then, yeah, and, then and then Tuesday night, like like I said, you play Sam Houston State. Wednesday night you play at Houston. Again, not going to come home. And so, yeah. you know, you're, you're looking at coming home Thursday at the earliest 
if you even do that, because Friday afternoon you have to be in Troy for weekend series with hey, Troy. Bring it on, brother. Bring on the challenge. So Stevie P, Bobby Nova, and the women are going to be and, and the women's softball team, they're going to be doing a whole lot of bus tripping. Bring it on, baby. Over over Bring the next, it on. over the next couple of days because Bring it on. Again, logistically speaking, maybe you fly to Atlanta. Maybe. But outside of that, I think they're all, even Troy, I would say Troy's even a bus trip. Yeah, but bring it on. Bring it on. The Cajun softball team will not be at Lampson Park again until April the 13th when they host Southeastern on ESPN Plus at a 6.30, 6 p.m. first pitch. You know, I read an article this morning, and I know it's very early to be discussing this, but regional predictions have already begun. With? With softball. Okay. And like we said, uh, the Cajuns are at 22 and 6. Number, are they number 16 seven, and 17? 16, 16 in the country? Okay. Yeah, some have them at 16. I thought that was right. Um, yeah. Interestingly enough, according to the RPI rankings, the Cajuns are not in a position to be hosting a regional. Um, which you know, okay, I, I would say right now that's fair. Uh, no, that, that that is fair. That's very fair. I, I, I would say that's fair right now. However, I would not have put them at a three seed. No. No, I, I put them at a two. I, I think a two is fair. They're they're currently projected to be a three seed in the Baton Rouge Regional, along with LSU, Baylor, and Northwestern State. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, hey, the, you lose games to you lose games to UT Arlington. You know, teams like that that have bad records, it's going to ruin your resume a little bit. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it didn't help losing to Baylor. Either, but I'm not. But you but, see, I'm not worried. Like, even if we have to go on the road, it doesn't bother me whether you're a well, two no, or three I mean, that, seed. That's, that's what that's what the girls have done for the last three years. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't bother me as much. Uh, all I know is, by the way we've played so far, we're probably not going to host. So I'd rather just at that point look, just try to make a regional, try to make it, which I know we will. I have no doubt. I think they'll take care of business and they'll get in as an at-large unless we, I mean, which I, I, I would think we'd win the whole entire tournament, but just focus one game at a time and then worry about just getting in and where you're going and then take care of business from there. Um, you know, it's a little bit different than baseball because I feel like in softball, uh, especially in the Sun Belt, it's a little bit easier for our team to cruise just because of our success and just because of our quality of, of, of talent compared to baseball you know baseball the same thing i just want to make a regional you know um softball i know the standard is the host but right now like i said i just don't see it you know unless something crazy changes and we start making some runs look we've got chances to redeem ourselves you know we've got that big road stretch we have to play alabama twice um so we can make a run take care of you know those two alabama games Things might change, but for right now, it's just, you know, I think, I mean, we're getting into a regional, but I don't think we're going to host quite yet. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree with you on on that one. Um, 
I think I think like you said, you know, we're strong enough to be in a regional. But the question is, is can they make a run down through conference to where they could squeeze in a hosting opportunity? Because keep in mind, you still have games with Texas and Alabama on the schedule. Yeah, exactly. Correct. So definitely some opportunities to pick up some big RPI boosters there. Jerry, you know, we, we, we didn't plan on a long episode, but one thing I want to I want to touch on before we get out of here, Monday was Raging Cajuns football pro day. And, uh, you know, a bunch of guys participated, Trey Regis, Elijah Mitchell, Joe Dillon, uh, Nick Ralston, um, drawing a blank on a couple others. Stevie Artigue. Stevie Artigue. Uh, Deuce Wallace was there as well. Uh, even yeah, Dylan Ray. Even Dion Ray. Yeah. Dion Ray. Yeah. Yeah. Even Dion Ray, former Cajun turned nickels transfer, uh, participated in the pro day on Monday. But you know, one, two things that I want to talk about is I want to read out the numbers for the running backs. And uh, this is from Jim Nagy. He's the executive director of the Reese Senior Bowl. These are the numbers on Trey Regis. He was, he was, Measured at 5'10", 214, hand size 8 and 7 seven eighths inches, arms were 29 and 3 quarter inches, wingspan of 73. He had a 40 of 462, which was measured by an NFL oh. scout. A vertical jump of 33 and a half, broad jump of 9 feet 9 inches. Uh, the shuttle run, 4 and a half seconds. Three cone drill, 7.19 seconds. And bench press, 23 reps of 225. Wow. But the the numbers that are just, you know, flying off the page, in my opinion, are, are that of Elijah Mitchell. Uh, 5'10", 201, hands at 9.5 inches, arms at 31, wingspan, are you ready for this? 75 and 3 quarter inches. Wow. His wingspan is longer than my body. <laughs> that's insane in mind too. yeah i know crazy 40, 40 yard dash times four three eight and four three nine yeah that 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 right there i think um that just up his draft stock um you know i had him in about a fifth or sixth round but now i think he's he can go three or four i'm, I'm thinking three I mean, if he can, I mean, look, the higher, the more, the, the higher, the better, but I, I'm seeing him at a three or four now, depending on what, you know, of course that depends on what teams are looking for and, and what, what he brings to the table, which he does bring a lot. Um, but that's, that's huge. Four, three, eight, four, three, nine. I mean, that's insane. Vertical jump of 37 and a half feet, a broad jump of 10 feet, eight inches, shuttle run in 4.19, three cone in 6.94. That's insane. And then he bench pressed 17 reps of 225. Absolutely freakish numbers from from Elijah Mitchell. Um, obviously, we wish the best to everybody that participated in Pro Day. Um, looking forward to seeing a couple of those guys get drafted and even signed to undrafted free agent contracts. Um, well, Every single guy that participated has a shot. So best of luck to all of them and congratulations on the participation. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be talking about them landing somewhere. All right, Jerry, you know, one more thing that we need to talk about before we go, uh, you know, we started a new segment last week called the, the raging review rant. You know, I took over, I, I did the one last week, but, uh, 
So I, I heard you have something for the rant this week. Yeah, um, trash talk on on the on social media. Um, I think it's funny that you know when fans go back and forth, and I love the fact that you know people will that there's there's some friendly banter and and it's fun. And I'm not look. I don't want to. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. I'm not going to point anybody out in, individually. But there's certain fan bases in our conference that think that because they've had one or two years of success, that all of a sudden they are they are the greatest thing since sliced bread to happen to our conference. And I, I was reading up on something on social media that made me kind of laugh. Now. Let's, let's just break it down, okay? The basketball series between the Cajuns, and I'll say it, I'll say it, it's Coastal Carolina. Um, only Coastal Carolina, and look, they are a very respectable athletic program. They've had their success. They've won their national title in baseball. But when at State fans and Georgia Southern fans... Who we used to think were, were annoying... <laughs> Who 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 are who are straight up arch rivals that date back to whenever unite to gang up on coastal fans? There's something wrong there. There's something wrong there. Uh, and then of course, uh, Cajun fans have have joined in on the mix. And I, it's funny because there was a fan the other day that made a comment about you know Spencer Arigetti's. He comes off the field. He's making. He's he's uh he's nodding his head. He's celebrating his one of his many one of many magnificent outings that he had on the mound. And somebody made a comment about him talking about how um you know oh well you know the guys down in Louisiana they you know he has the mullet and he, you know he looks like he, he looks like he's uh like your players look like your I don't know I don't want to misquote it but something about something to do with drugs. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. And I'm just like laughing because I'm like, first of all, when it comes to these statistics, um, South Carolina actually has statistics a little bit worse than Louisiana. And then the fan goes and makes a comment about calling us little, calling Louisiana little brother. Now, let's break down the statistics for a second. The football series coastal leads two to one. Basketball series. Cajuns lead five to one. The baseball series, Cajuns lead eight, four, and one. Now explain to me how does that make us little brother? I mean, it, in in my fair and honest opinion, it doesn't. I'm just trying to figure that out. And it's funny, and I know it's it's no, I mean uh, I, I get but, it. You know, they they get one taste of success. You know, like you said, they they have one good season in in football. You know, we'll we'll wait to see if that was a fluke or not. They win one national championship in baseball. Starting to think that's a fluke because they haven't gotten out of a regional since then. Um. So yeah, uh, and then like you mentioned, every in every sport we dominate the 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 all time record. So how they how they are superior to us. Oh, and, and wait, let's not forget. They've only been a D one athletic program for six years. Yeah. Well, it's just, 
it's just funny to me. I, I don't even, I wouldn't want to call, I don't know if it's a rant or just me just laughing about it. It's like, look, man. Oh, it's, it's, it's hilarious. You, if you, if you want respect, okay, you, you look, they've earned their respect on the field. I'll give them that. But to say like, we own, like when I'm seeing board, uh, posters going, we own the conference and this is our conference now. I'm like, where, where, where is this proof? Help me out here. Um, that that's what makes me laugh, and uh, I know <laughs> I know our podcast has gotten attention from their fans because of the banter back and forth. But guys, come on! Like, if, all if, they, if, look, all 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 they own are some poorly done platinum blonde mullets and horrible facial hair. That's well, I, I, it's 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 crazy because uh, you know, look, I remember. Uh, whenever App State, before we beat them in football this past season, they were trash talk. You know, they call us ULLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLLL
and you're tired of looking at the uniforms that we played with uh, 10 years ago, um, just be on the lookout when that new version comes out. We will have our updated uniforms, and it should look really, really good. I'm looking forward to seeing the screenshots. Um, and it's amazing, these people, what they do to keep this video game alive. It's been eight years since the game was released, and yet people still play it, and they still do things to update it. It's very impressive. So uh, for those of you who have that, um, if you're interested, uh, they have that new version coming out uh, with, um, I think it's the Pac-12. The other half of the Pac-12 and then uh, uh, Louisiana, ULM, and uh, South Al. South Al will be the three teams in the Sun Belt um, that will be having their updated uniforms on there um, on the game, which should be really, really cool. So just wanted to give a, a shout-out to those guys. They do a great job. And uh, if you do play the game and you do want to get that, uh, keep on the lookout for it. So. Yeah, no, it's absolutely. spring football. Perfect yeah. time for spring football too. Yeah, spring football. You know, spring games three weeks away at uh at this point, April twenty second. Jerry, thank you for joining me as always, my man. Um, we'll we'll talk this weekend after after the weekend series with ULM and Georgia State and uh, Cajun Nation. That's gonna do it for this episode of Rage and Review. You know the drill. You can follow us on all social medias. You can find this podcast wherever you get your podcast or at RageAndReviewPod.com. Everybody have a safe, happy, and blessed Easter with your friends and family. And we will talk to you guys next week after hopefully a few more baseball and softball victories. As always, go Cajuns. Chris Russo of Russo Exploration encourages you to donate to the Raging Cajun Athletic Foundation. The RCAF, the official fundraising arm of Louisiana Athletics, supports over 400 student-athletes across 16 NCAA sports. You can invest in the RCAF today for as little as $5 a month. Just go to myrcaf.org to get started or call 337-851-RCAF. As always, donations to the RCAF are tax-deductible. Your investment today will enrich the lives of every athlete that puts on the vermilion and white. Go Cajuns! Awardmaster, located at 3219 Johnston Street, is the only award shop licensed by Louisiana Athletics. In business in Lafayette for over 45 years, Awardmaster creates one-of-a-kind trophies, medals, and awards using a wide variety of materials, including resin, glass, wood, acrylic, and more. Owners Adam and Sarah Lopez are proud UL alumni, as well as Cajun Cooking Club members. Adam and Sarah can also help with your business promotional items. Rage and Review trust Awardmasters for all of their needs, and you will too. Awardmasters is so much more than just an award shop. Give Awardmasters a call today, 337-984-1414, or go to awardmaster.com. Awardmaster, the recognition and personalization experts. Schilling Distributing Company, Acadiana's top alcohol distributor for over 70 years, has been a proud supporter of Louisiana athletics for many of those years. Now, they've kindly decided to become the exclusive distributing sponsor of the Rage and Review podcast. 
This is just another chapter in Schilling Distributing's rich history of giving back to the Lafayette community. Starting as an Anheuser-Busch exclusive distributor, they're now expanded to include local brews for your sipping pleasure. Schilling services over 1,500 local businesses throughout the Acadiana area, employing 160 Raging Cajun residents, and they boast over 1,400 years of combined experience. Corporately headquartered right here in Lafayette at 2901 Moss Street, Schilling Distributing encourages Cajun Nation to enjoy their beverages responsibly and reminds you to download the Liquid Finder app today. Acadiana business owners, are you looking for custom solutions from local professionals that understand your business needs? Maybe you're looking to streamline your processes, become more efficient, and achieve elevated peace of mind? Utilizing and combined 30 years of experience in the financial and technology fields, the Vaulted Security Team is ready to assist you with reaching your goals. From credit card processing, internet and phone services, website hosting and design, to hosted cloud, even digital marketing and recovery software, Vaulted Security can do it all. Here's a message from Solutions Specialist, Anna Bourgeois. Hi, I'm Anna Bourgeois, your Solutions Specialist, and it's my goal to understand how we can make your business run more efficiently while increasing profits. I'm very passionate about doing business genuinely. In the merchant services industry and other business areas, it's hard to find a partner that you can trust without question. I'm here to change that perception. Give me a chance to show you what true partnership is all about. Contact Anna today at 337-210-4272 or email Anna at Vaulted Security. Dot com. 